Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. We're the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with uh, John Vong of Local SEO Search about relationship building for SMBs. John's the owner and founder of Local SEO Search. It's a boutique agency from Toronto. That's uh, up in Canada, if you, if you don't know. He helps uh, small and medium-sized businesses rank on Google and uh, basically dominate their, their local market. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks a lot for the intro, Sky. I'm excited to be on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, so relationship building for SMBs, and then we will get to your company a little bit later, but I want to jump straight into the topic here. Um, first off, I guess I'd say, what do you mean by relationship building? Are we having picnics with, uh, with local companies? Are we, is this talking on the phone? Like what type of relationships are we building here? I think the the industry as a whole, in terms of search engine optimization, I think a lot of your listeners probably know what it is. Uh, I'll just summarize it for them. It's really just getting found on that first page organically or naturally without paying to be at the top per click. Um, I find so it with- funny you you said all that without saying Google. <laughs> so there's search engines, Google being Yahoo, um, but primarily we focus on Google. Right. As does everybody. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that is, that's why I thought it was funny that you actually got off with <laughs> mentioning what SEO is without saying it's getting on Google. You just said on search engine. So, all right. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. Relationships. I, I mean, the big thing for me has always been um, that bond to understand and get to know humans, right? Get to know businesses and what they're really looking for what they're after. And I think from my experience, so I I found this agency eight years ago without any SEO background or expertise. Technically, I've always been doing advertising sales for 10 years. And that's where I formed a really strong bond to business owners and understanding what ultimately they wanted out of a supplier vendor uh, partner. And that's how I formed this company. All they really wanted was someone they can form a strong relationship with, which is that trust, the honesty, and integrity, and making sure that they're in alignment with all their values and their goals and vision. So right. that's what I set forth doing when I started this agency. So when you say relationship building, you're talking about a professional relationship, not not so much about getting to know them and who they are, but getting to know their company and who their company is. And I'm sure you get I mean, there's humans that you're interacting with, like you said, but um, it's more about the the company relationship than the personal. Is that right? Well, there's a mix, right? And there's a lot of synergies between the two. Usually the type of businesses that we really focus and work with are 80% is SMBs, 20% is more B2B global focus. Um, but the small business owners, it's really reliant on community. They really help their you know, significant other family, um, the, the people that they, they want to support, right, in their surroundings, let it be a neighborhood, a community, city, region. Um, it, it's more about trying to give by understanding what's in it for the others as opposed to themselves, right? And the more you understand the value bringing to them, which is, you know, the product and service that you're offering, but understanding what differentiates and what you're, you're actually giving, which is the personalization, the story, as well as why do they continue coming back to you? 
Is it the service? Is it quality? Is it the price, the unique sellingness of whatever you're offering? Understanding that. And then that bond of what's the highest um, reason why people come to you? It's because of that personal relationship. It's the experience usually. And when you start understanding everything and revolves around like SMBs, then you realize like, you know, how do you differ? How do you want to uh, have people in on this journey and experience when you open up and form your own company? Right. So for SMBs, I mean, there's a lot of companies, software as a service, for example, where anytime you interact with them, they'll probably have no idea who you are, what your company does, not care. They may not even have customer service. So you're kind of saying, and I'm, I'm trying to keep uh, pigeonholing what you, what you mean by, by, uh, um, by relationship building. It's only the topic of the episode. I don't need to remember it or anything. So you're saying for, you know, for some software as a service, something like that, it actually is a non-relationship type business where um, kind of people probably want to be able to go on and get the software without interacting with the human because they're worried that's going to be a salesperson trying to sell them something. But you're saying with SMBs, it's more of a relationship. Again, professional, you need to know what their company does. When they call, you know who they are probably, what their situation is. Um, that that kind of stuff, much more than other companies. Yes, digging deep, right? To personalize, humanize, as well as um, offering something that they will actually want, right? Mm. Um, and personalization is so key. Humanizing people to actually have emotion and feelings, right? Um, that That's what people, human interaction, and that's what's lacking with automation, I feel. A lot of people are using chatbots. They're using email funnels. They're doing a lot of like different sequences and automation. Well, look, this pandemic, what is missing and lacking more so than ever? That human connection, right? Right. Like going to that coffee shop, tea shop or whatever, your bakery, local meat shop, getting to know the people behind the counter, getting to speak to someone human, right? Like that's what's lacking. If you do that more, they're more inclined to have a good experience and want to refer and come back. Right. So it seems like it kind of almost has to be, say this is for SMBs. And I would say, well, why SMB? And I realize, oh, once you get out of the small to medium business area, the business model itself in order to grow that big probably prevents that kind of personal relationship. It is much more of a, you call in, you get a different person every time. Maybe you have an account manager and then it's possible, but so many businesses are... In order to scale, what they have to remove is the personal relate. That's what slows companies down from growing, basically, and at some point. So for the SMBs, you say humanize, personalize. I guess the big question I would have on this is how. How okay. do people, like, what can people do versus not do? When you mention sequences, those can be really good for certain things. Sometimes you want to find yourself in, in one of these sequences, um, versus people who don't have those, you can kind of fall through the cracks uh, sometimes it w within their process. But how can people personalize and humanize without being, I guess, without making their clients feel like you're an alien trying to act human? You know, you, you know what I mean? Like a robot trying to act like, yes, I love you. Give me a hug um, type of a personalization, quote unquote. So getting real with people, right? So I, again, I was doing sales. I was doing, I was front facing for 10 years. I did everything from telemarketing to door knocking to solicitation to account management. But ultimately, 
the ones that I, I dealt with the most were business owners and I've dealt with thousands of them over the years. And it was all about probing and being curious and uncovering all their needs and desires. They love talking about themselves. All you have to do is start asking, asking open-ended questions that they are all about wanting to talk about, right? Like they love talking about themselves, their family, their journey, their business. Every business owner loves talking about themselves. So as a business start, owner, I agree. I love talking about myself. <laughs> so when, when you start understanding that and then you put something together to really uncover their desires and needs, then you can help them with whatever their weaknesses are, right? And this is how you start a business, right? You understand what the needs are of people and you offer them something that they're compelled to pay a for right a product or service and then you have a business so, so you want to you want to get to know their business and what they do it's not just personal like i need to know if they have dogs i need to you know ask them how they're doing what their day's been like so you want to know their business what they do how it works what their needs are and that kind of stuff but it seems like you're also kind of saying like you got to go read one of those books about how to make friends and learn because how to like ask follow-up questions listen those kind of things it's, it's because people aren't going to just open up to you if it's all business. Mm -hmm. They want to know that they're comfortable enough to share some insight of personal experiences before they start opening up. So it's the connection. And if they feel like you're warm and you actually care and you want to help them versus you're selling them something, they're not going to open up to you. Right. And so there's, there's that skill set of, I think sales, right? And I feel the more you do it by habit or you, you it's experience and me going on, I don't know, tens of thousands of sales calls, talking to tens of thousands of people, I can tell just from my interaction with people talking and then seeing how their reaction is, their tone of voice, the way they start communicating and the way they structure their, the words, right? And what they say, I can tell if it's a warm conversation or not and if this is going to go well or not and <laughs> again it's it's all about habit right it's all about experience and the more you get to know what business owners really want out of any form of relationship let it be a product or service or whatever supply that you want to form get to know them humanize get mm -hmm. to know personal and then business before you start asking for anything it sounds like you're kind of saying always be off script like don't have a script for your conversations, know what you need to cover. For instance, on this show, we have some bullet points and that's it because we want to humanize. We want it to be comfortable for everybody and easy, honestly, for everybody. But the script thing kind of dehumanizes always when you get that call from a company and they say, hello, John, I'm so <laughs> glad you answered the call today. Here's the, what I want to tell you about our product and how it can help you with what you need. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is already the worst thing that's happened to me today. I totally agree. Um, people can tell when it's scripted, people can tell that you're either a salesperson or people can tell that you're actually wanting to help them, right? Listening. And that's a skill set too, right? Not just asking, but listening and uncovering all the gaps. Mm -hmm. um, and when you start doing that, better and more frequently and you're just going to improve right and learn where your gaps are and how you can do things better here's a trick that i came across from the other side i i realized when i was doing sales um one time in order to get through the first couple seconds of a call 
I would I would break things by acting like something happened that was outside the call. Oops, I dropped the phone. Hold on once you know what my classic one was spilling your coffee. That's what I would tell people. Like make a note in the CRM and maybe also, hey, if you want to personalize, have a CRM. Make sure you so when you you can remember, don't rely on your memory. You you can know what happened uh, in the last call. But for sales managers, it just occurred to me that if you have somebody who's too scripted on the phone, maybe lawsuits would make this a bad idea. But um, if if you come by and hear them being scripted, just knock their coffee over onto their desk and they will quickly go off script. And then you'll be like, great, now they're where I want them. So be unscripted, I, I would say is a good takeaway there. Any particular tricks people can do, again, to help personalize, to help um, do, do this relationship building. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you have to talk, but are there any little, again, tricks people can yeah, do? Yeah. Just one thing they can remember, do this. Yeah, so if you are on any rela- uh, any sales call or you're building a, a new relationship with a client or a prospect, right? There's a lot of information online. There's a lot of insight, a lot of data. You can sift through all their website, their contact information, LinkedIn, social channels, there's tools out there to sniff their brand name and everything else. Do your homework. Spend 15 minutes before you make that prospect call or inbound lead call or whatever it may be. Get to actually mention something that they're interested in or working on or something that they either have a pet peeve on or something, something that triggers some personal experience that you can relate to right? Say travel, pets, animal, family, whatever it may be. Then there's that instant connection. And then there's that relationship. So I've, again, years of trying to do this and really at Yellow Pages, this internet didn't, like Google didn't really have a lot of data insight yet. So I really, really worked on getting to know people with a lot of these probing questions to then personalize and relate. Once they're relatable, there's that connection. And then they feel more open to disclose a lot more information to you because there's already that human eyes and connection. Hmm. So I, it's funny. I asked the question, how, like, here's a big question. And then I look in your background and I see a book that says not how, <laughs> <laughs> who not um, how, right. Who not how. Um, so you need to relate, but I would throw in there again, the danger of a script the danger of relating. I've seen people do this before and it's just like, Hey, how's it going, man? I'm also a huge Rams fan. And the person's like, who the hell are you? And why are you form filling in something I like? Cause you've stalked me. So I'd say there's a fine line between research and research. I don't think I can say that word without slurring. I swear. I haven't had much to drink today between research and stalking. Um, yes. Like you don't want to get something line. too personal and be like, man, I saw those photos from the party right last week on Facebook. That would look awesome. And they're going to be a little weirded out. Um, so so pro- professional research type. Of yeah. Thing. So there's interest and then there's personal boundaries. There's a difference. Don't go on Instagram following their families and everything else that's really, really personal. Yeah. Look at like interests that are like common, right? Like communities that you're a part of, or if there's sports that you can relate to, right? Stuff that's activity focused, interest focused, hobbies versus personal. Mm. If that makes sense. Now, what about, on a first call, I know we, we ran into this issue again, back when I was managing a sales team, we would have people like, Hey, you got to know something about them a little bit. You don't want to get embarrassed calling in. Right. Um, but 
then we found our, our people were doing too much research. So they'd spend a bunch of time on a cold call and almost every time they were getting a voicemail and it was just like their call volumes went down so far and you end up reaching nobody in a whole day because you're spending 15 minutes per call. So is there a, a proper time to, to dig in? Should you wait until you have either a lead or have made some contact? Yeah, I would say when you have a qualified lead, that's when you start doing some in-depth research on competitive analysis, figuring out where they're at in you know, their business and what kind of digging. foods they like, where they ate last week. Yeah. Well, not that day. <laughs> but you know, don't waste your time. Like if it's call volume, go go batch it using a, a software and just automate all that, right? To get a hold of real people, then build it enough of a connection for you to speak further at another date with more substance, right? Because there's already a need that you can, you know, actually help them with during that sales presentation. One um, trick I would say on that area, something, knowing something personal about them is fine, but really all it needs to be is anything that shows like proof of life that you know they're a real human and who they are and they didn't just pop up on your auto dialer screen and uh, just their location can be very useful in that. I remember having people that just, and it also gives you um, a uh, kind of question to ask right away on those initial cold calls. So you don't need to do all the research and, and you can just say things like, oh, hey, John, how's it going? You're in, uh, you're in Seattle, right? And it's like, oh, the person, and I just made that up. You're probably not in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I didn't do my research. Um, and hopefully you have that information right. But if you have it wrong, they can correct you. Most of the time you'll have it right. And it's really easy information to get, have in your, in your CRM or whatever system you use. And then you've got a question that they're probably going to answer yes to right away. And you've broken the ice just with their location without kind of faking um, relationship by saying like, oh, hey, John, I love Seattle, man. Great city. I can't, I, I love going up there. And then the guy's like, that's nice, but I'm in New York because you have the wrong info. And then you're embarrassed. And now you have this. So I, I think... Uh, we found if you ask just about the city or the state even that they're in right off the bat, it can help get through those first couple seconds with a trick kind of and show that you know something about them. It's always trying to relate, right? Either the city, uh, anything with sports, travel, anything that is easy to be in common, right? Like, I love your cuisine if you're Spanish or I love whatever it is, right? Like, have you been to this restaurant in the city or have you been to this event or a sports team, whatever it is? Because mm. when you break the ice, then it's a lot easier to connect and have that them to feel like your buddies, right? Like, like your right. friends. I think there's a disconnect here actually that I've created because I'm thinking about my company and how we work and we don't have any boundaries. You're talking about SMBs and typically companies that have a local presence and their clients are local. So you, the personal stuff is going to be very different that you can relate to than what state they're in. Cause obviously you're in the same state, yeah. <laughs> you're in the same Metro area probably. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Use only what I was saying about as an analogy, I guess, but finding something, something to relate with in some way that's not weird and stilted and, and corny. Yeah. It, it will definitely help, right? Break the ice and it'll form a, a stronger bond for them to open up and become right. more vulnerable. And when they start doing, then you you can ask the right questions for them to even open up further and deeper and it allows you opportunity to uncover uh, opportunities. So we've been talking a bit about the cold 
like the initial contact type and trying to, and that's a really hard time to, um, you know, to build a relationship and get personal with people when they don't even know who you are and probably forgot your name right after you said it. How deep should you go initially trying to build a relationship like on the first call? And then how does this continue on throughout assuming the relationship goes on and they become a client or they become a long-term prospect? Some people are. Um, how does that play out? And I think it all depends on the product or service that you're offering and the price point, right? So how much time do you want to invest in a $100 client versus a $10,000 client? right? So what's the lifetime value? What is your time worth? And how much effort do you want to put it? If it's only $100, it's a widget that they might not even refer and buy other sequence product, right? Accessories and um, under other products. But if it's a long term client, like it's a service and the home renovation, for instance, and it's a $50,000 job, well, you better, you know, step up because that could make or break your summer. Right. 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 Um, and your season, it can keep your employees held for a couple months, all these things. So you got to really work it and understand like them, what value you're bringing and get to really know them. So I, I would say it all depends. Excellent. So probably, I mean, real estate agents on one hand, you probably don't do a ton of deals with any individual family or person, but on the other hand, each deal is so big that uh, they, they probably want to try to get a personal relationship uh there with you somehow. So you need to know the value of the client. I feel like you're a therapist almost where you're super interested in them until time's up. And then you're like, Oh, time's up. Sorry. You're, you don't have any more value than this. We're going to cut this off now. (laughs) So we're being personal and we're building relationship, but we're also being kind of analytical. It seems like, and very hardcore business-like when you say apply the value and then adjust how personal, how much relationship you invest in building with them due to that. Um, And those things seem opposed to each other. I mean, one of them is very cold and calculated. This person isn't worth that much to me, but I feel, I guess if you don't do that, you end up getting into that rabbit hole where you're spending a ton of time making these big personal relationships with people that are worth 99 cents a year to you. You go out of business. doesn't matter how good your relationships are if you're out of business. Well, you define your target, right? You, you opportunity cost, you understand who your audience is and you focus on the biggest bucket, the, the people that are going to be the biggest margin for you or people you actually want to work with. Then there's low tier hanging fruit that you might not, you want to maybe drip on and help them out, but don't want to invest too much time. It's the same thing as in life. Like a lot of people put so much time and effort into you know, maybe their social life and forget about family. If social means more to them than family, then sure. So you need to understand in the realm of like, you know, what you want out of the relationship and the value and business proposition, the return on investment, profitability, but also about people, right? Like family for me is right at the top. I don't calculate time. I don't care. I just want to be present. I want to spend as much time as possible. Then come friends, right? And, and you know, hey, all you the, don't tell your family time's up and you got to, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like people, yeah. but then it's acquaintances. There's differences, right? Are you going to spend a lot of time if you walk along the park to talk to someone for two, three hours when you don't even know them, right? right. Or you're just going to say, hi, have a great day. You know, hopefully random person on the subway. You aren't like, let me just keep riding the subway so we can talk. Or, I actually have to get to work. I have things to do. 
nice exactly. knowing you, but <laughs> relationship is over. Um, but friends, and that's the other thing, friends that you know for 10, 20 years versus someone that's just new as a friend. How much time are you going to invest, right? Like, right. Well, it depends. Because right? you got the friend you've known for 20 years, but you know he's a schmuck. And okay, then you got so the new person that has a lot of potential value to you. And you're like, I got to ditch my longtime friend for this person for a while that I really need to make a better relationship with. So exactly. So different stages in life, figuring out like what's important for you today and how it's in alignment with your vision and goals. Right. And it's so important to start, you know, just being aware, acknowledge what's going in and going out in your life and who you're surrounding yourself with and your business, your personal, it's all intertwined really. So it seems like, being able to know how to build relationships is important, but you also have to know how to like time manage those relationships yep. so that again, it doesn't matter if you're building the wrong relationship, the right relationships with the wrong people, they're taking up all your time. Like there's another variable in here of time. We don't have all the time in the world. You have very limited time and you have to decide how to allocate that. So finding the best potential prospects, the best clients and, and getting to know them, them better. Okay, I have a bunch more questions for you. I want to go on a quick break, though. Um, we're talking here with John Vong. He's the owner of Local SEO Search up in uh, Toronto, right? Yeah. I knew Toronto from the intro. Why did I go to Seattle? What did I do that for? I could have went to Toronto. Uh, from Toronto, and uh, we will be right back. Hi, I'm Yoram Solomon, the author of The Book of Trust. The answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Visit my website at yoramsolomon.com. Welcome back to the If You Market Podcast. We've got John Vong here. John Vong. Hey, Sky. Thanks for having me again. I somehow managed to mess up your name. Uh, owner, local SEO searches the company. And I want to jump into that a little bit here, John, your past, uh, how and why you started an SEO firm. You had mentioned, I think, that you had no history. It isn't like you worked for an SEO firm or in the SEO department of a big company. And then a little more about your company, what it does, you know, anybody listening that's looking for that, um, what you might be able to do for them, that kind of stuff. So let's start with you. Where did you come from? How did you get here? Why are you doing SEO? Eight years ago, I started this company back in 2013. Um, prior to that, I was doing advertising sales for 10 years, um, studied business finance in university. Um, so my background was never technically computer savvy, developer, anything to do with like um, digital marketing, right? It was more sales. Right. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but SEO now is less developer and kind of more copywriting more the developer part was when you could trick and game the system and cheat and by doing certain code tricks but now it seems like google's kind of wiped that out and you just have to know how to write the right words and i mean you got to know a little bit of technical stuff it's all on the computer of course but is it mostly copywriting yeah so that's one pillar content mm -hmm. um but here at our company um we're a full service agency that focuses on the whole gamut of doing a successful uh, campaign. And what I mean by that is, yes, there's development of a website, making sure UX, uh, the journey, mapping, conversion rate copy is uh, in alignment with who your ideal avatar type of client is. Then of course, there's the content 
piece, which is the service page, landing pages, and all the copy with blogs and newsletters, et cetera. Then of course, it's the link piece, backlinks. And that's a huge component. What other people are linking back to you with mm -hmm. the anchor text, if it's a, a authoritative figure in terms of like different channels. Um, of course, all the asset pieces like social is important as well. Like all the Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, so managing all that as well as reputation, graphic design, um, strategy, because we need to know what your competitors are doing, right? To really compete. You need to know which keywords, what's going out, what's the search volume, how are you going to position yourself, storytell, et cetera. So we've built a team to really help collaborate and effectively rank and position you, your business, small, medium-sized business, um, to be your industry leaders, right? Uh, community leaders in the market, in in whatever focus and target that you want to go after. Oh, I was I was stuck just on the SEO, like you've got everything going and somebody's going to come in and, and play with your SEO. Um, so you're saying you do full website development, like somebody can come to you and say, I need people to know who I am. And SEO is just a part of the tools for that. And you can say, great, well, then you need a website um, and spin it up from nothing. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Website design is even one huge component. Like a lot of people who come to us have been doing some sort of SEO, they think. Um, using independent contracts or other agencies, as well as they, they spend a lot of money building a website, but that's not really what Google or their customers want, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they like it because they think it's nice. Well, they're, they're not the clients purchasing the product and service, eh? So it might look good for them and it pleases their eye, but it's not really what the customers are looking for and search engines looking for. So, so it's we, not effective. It may be they may like it, but it's not, that doesn't mean it's effective. Yeah. It's not generating a lot of inbound leads, right? It's not giving you good ROI. It's not getting you um, revenue, sales, profit, right? And as a business owner, if, it, if your website's not your biggest asset piece that's generating you leads, then there's something wrong. Right. Okay. Okay. Now what about, um, and I, I want to come back to SEO in general, because you guys are similar to us in the business problems you have but what about where you came from you worked in yellow pages before right and for the listeners that's a print version of google were you in the digital yellow pages or print yellow pages i was an account manager had a couple million dollar book of business every year i dealt with businesses that had a lot of pain points and problems and issues and they never wanted to spend more than they were spending but my job was always to try to upsell them as a sales mm -hmm. rep, account manager. So I was always front facing dealing with business owners across these years. And the reason I got into the SEO space was them just telling me they were pivoting away. Customers no longer consume the, the medium, the directory mm -hmm. itself. And users were now spending way more time navigating search engines and finding them or uh, the shift was happening and I just wanted to be where, where people were seeking out their businesses. So they were telling you we're dropping out of the yellow pages. We're not going to have the spend we've had in the past. And you probably asked, well, where are you, where are you going? What are you doing with it then? And they just kept saying, we're investing on our website and people finding us online. Um, and he said, well, I guess that's where I better go. <laughs> Let me yeah. see that then. <laughs> yeah. We, we offered like, you know, the, the website design, we were, good at any digital marketing at all compared to like a, a boutique agency, right? Little right. SEO 
companies that were dealing with larger brands, but not the like the small medium brands, right? Because it was so heavy, intensive, a lot of work and a lot of skill set, and the margins weren't as good as a big big business. Yellow Pages they, scaled. They're used to not knowing their customers much, not having to know them much. Just give us your ad. We'll put it in our thing. We'll print it. We'll ship it to everybody. Um, I would imagine it's very tough. And even if the Yellow Pages could do a good job of designing websites and SEO, all the customers think of them as this, this print magazine. So they're probably not, they'd rather hand their business over to a boutique agency than to the place that this isn't what they do. They don't do online stuff. They, they print up this book and put it on your doorstep. Yeah. So the association, the psychology of users that reference yellow pages is still that phone book right so yeah. now the association of google is really search engine and you know as a user you're gonna go to google you're gonna go to amazon when you want to buy a product or a book or audio tape whatever it is right so they associate a brand with certain things like walmart is associated with you know whatever affordable anything right 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 for like bulk <laughs> so they were basically burger king trying to sell tacos and people were like i don't go to burger king for tacos come on yes exactly um, okay so you start an seo agency now you said how long have you been in the industry eight years eight years so by the time you got into seo it was pretty well established and also pretty well had the reputation of there being a lot of scam artists in the industry had a bad reputation already, I would say, where when a lot of people think SEO, they think, yeah, there's a hundred guys in my neighborhood all saying they'll do my SEO and they'll spray paint my address on in front of my house on the sidewalk and they'll do all these other things and charge me for it, but they're all just hustling. How do you overcome? And I guess this ties back to the relationship building. Um, but uh, that, that stigma of people not trusting SEO or SEO companies. Yeah, exactly. So because SEO is such a black box for a lot of business owners, like it's a subset of marketing, a subset of digital marketing, and it's a combination of all these other pillars from content, strategy, links, reputation, and everything else, right? So a lot of people aren't even aware of what SEO is and what it does and how it's supposed to be performed. And so they can't even monitor how effective it is or what other people are doing. So this whole black box of uh, being informed has been my biggest challenge. And that's what I've been kind of doing a lot more of, uh, you know, educating people, right, on what a true SEO agency should be doing and asking the right questions, knowing exactly what they're doing. Um, what are the softwares? What's the references like? What's the case studies? Because a lot of people have already been, you know, burned through people overseas or locally charging you, but not knowing what they're getting out of it. And that's what they refer SEO to, right? right. This waste of money that hasn't given me anything. Which is, I mean, I would say most SMBs have probably tried 10 SEO people or firms and they didn't keep going to another one because the last one did such a great job. They wanted more. Usually it's, we paid this person, but we didn't really, I don't know what was done or if anything was done and we saw no tangible results. And so you eventually after the initial required amount of time with them, break it off. And then eventually you come back around and say, well, we do need to look, invest in SEO. So let's find someone else and, and pay them. 
So let's jump back into the relationship stuff. I think we've made a bridge here now. Um, building relationships in order to assure that people trust you. Because I imagine with SEO, we've had other people on the show and they say, you know, it takes a certain amount of months for things to even show up sometimes. So if somebody hires us for SEO, you go in in the first week and start working on stuff. It isn't like, it isn't like a lead generation firm where they're going to say, oh yeah, here are the leads we got. Like they're not necessarily going to see anything for a while with you. So you, they kind of have to trust you. Exactly. Um, SEO is a long game, but it's also dependent on the business, right? So if you're a product business, SEO might not be the way to go, right? So be realistic in terms of what your goals are, the medium of choice, right? With SEO, I feel the reason I'm doing service-based businesses is because they are more higher ticket relationship type clients that are looking for a lawyer, that are looking mm -hmm. for a dentist, that are looking for a physio chiro, a trade even, because these business owners have been in it for 20, 30 years in training, then apprentice, you, hours of uh, you know being a skilled technician, right? Being a dentist, X amount of hours doing it to then invest into building a business operating and then wanting, and they understand what an expert should be, right? Someone they pay does their work versus someone that is, you know, you pay a hundred dollars and expect the world. Like how realistic is that? Right. Um, you know, they're much more knowledgeable in that sense where you pay for what you get. Right. And right. Um, versus, so you're saying as a, as a tip, don't get your SEO off of Fiverr. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get banned or there's maybe <laughs> good and bad in there. I, again, I don't use any of those sites. Um, everything and we, we do is buy the books. White hat, we follow all the guidelines, rules that Google puts out there. Um, and it's just practice, right? Like habits, we've, we've got with You know the job and you do the work. Like, can you go to the dentist? You don't ask your dentist, like, is there a trick I can do? And he's like, yeah, do it myself. twice a day, come see the dentist. That's the trick. There's no magic pill I'm going to have that other dentists don't. I don't have a patent on something that makes your teeth last forever and look beautiful. It's brush your teeth, floss your teeth, come to the dentist. Yeah, it's a professional service, right? And people have to respect that. And there's a lot of agencies out there. You just have to distinguish which one you want to work with that has the same values that you have. And it's all based on you taking a look and vetting them. You got to check out the yeah. reviews, reputation, who you really want to work with. Um, just like handyman renovation, right? A big project. Yeah. You're not just going to pick anyone. You're going to make sure they're in alignment with some of the profile or relationship that you referred, right? Someone probably sent you this lead. So. But some people do just pick anyone because they search online and SEO pushes them to somebody. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's your job is to make sure those people who are just picking anyone end up with your client. Yeah. So we get a lot inbound and our focus is really just being top of mind visible. Um, but it's the same thing with our clients, right? They want to be known as an expert in their industry, in their community, in their local neighborhood city, right? And mm -hmm. that's what we help businesses do. They're already great business people and great business owners, right? And so what I want to do is that alignment transition. So I only take on people that have been in business for a while, revenue, understand their avatar, understand how to run a business. I don't want to teach someone how to run a business. Right. And then from there, I transitioned them to work with us to help them elevate their brand recognition and service and product offering. 
So most of the SMBs you work with, are they content as SMB? I mean, are they by nature an SMB yeah. company or are they looking to scale and become bigger companies? Yeah, most of them are lifestyle businesses, professionals, and 90% of businesses are small business owners, right? Small, medium-sized business owners. Um, so for me, there's a huge enough market. And what resonates with me personally, and that's why I started this business, is my parents coming from Vietnam own a business, right? They liquidated all their assets to come to Canada for us. Sacrifice right. a generation for me. So I know what it takes to run a business, to understand what it means to support a family, support a community, and how hard it is to run a business, right? Um, so these people, I, I ultimately just want to help good, hardworking people that are the neighbors, right? people that are working in the pizza shop, right? So help people find them. Now, little devil's advocate here for every, when you're doing SEO, for every person you help find your client, they're not finding another small to medium business. So a uh, little arms race there. <laughs> it is, but I'm also helping them be known because they're the unknowns, right? Right, now. right. Uh, and they're um, the good people. So it has been an alignment, right? Yep. So the relationship thing, very important to build relationships. Talking primarily small to medium business because you're not going to do that at scale for most companies. Um, what are things that people can do to help build that relationship? Again, we went over kind of the initial contact, but what about long-term? Are, are people still doing, uh, and I think this is probably for larger um, accounts, but you know, the steak dinner type stuff, what, what are good and bad things to do in this relationship building process? Yeah. So again, it's dependent on the value of that customer, right? And how much margin you have. So if you have the ability to personalize and customize every relationship to know what they like and what they don't like. So if you know their birthday, send them a little gift basket. If you know uh, what sporting event they love, send them and their family a little gift to go to an event, right? Mm -hmm. um, if they like going to certain restaurants, send that to them. That really humanizes and personalizes that relationship and goes a long way. Um, so now you're it, sending it. What about doing it with them? I know we've, yeah. we've done like a baseball game where we take some clients and so, we're there also. So again, it depends on the type of client that you're trying to harvest, right? I go to lunch and coffee and dinner with a lot of my clients to get to know them, right? Mm -hmm. And this is either the prospect call or during a client call. It doesn't matter. For me, it's more about getting to know them on a personal level. And yes, if you have that same bond, like they love basketball or baseball, take them out and have a good time, right? Don't talk about business. Talk about life. Right? And also just finding out if they love basketball or baseball in a conversation helps to uh, personalize the relationship and build the relationship too. Um, yeah. so find out what they like first, that will build a relationship. And then maybe there's something you can do about it too. Exactly. And all it is, is just humanizing every single interaction, right? And people forget about that. It's always about selling. It's always about trying to make a quick buck. But if you slow down and really realize what they want out of this phone call or conversation or relationship. It's never about the money piece. It's about getting to connect with someone that's like-minded with similar interests and they have very similar goals. Right? And again, the can't overemphasize the, if 
slow down, get to know them to the amount you can afford to. I can go after the larger value clients, get personal with them, build like, so you can build a relationship on the phone by asking some questions when you're already talking anyway with the medium value, but then maybe the high value you do some of the extra stuff with, you find out more about what they like. You look to take some action on that. Um, that, that kind of thing. You, if their kids are selling Girl Scout cookies, you buy some. Uh, it, it's really hard when someone takes you to dinner uh, or takes you to a sporting event, a client, to later break up with that client. So it's not only the relationship, but now they feel obligated to you personally. Well, it's a stickiness, right? And yeah. that's how referrals happen. And that's how you really bond on, again, we talk about business relationship, but it's a friendship as well, right? You want to form a friendship where you can bounce ideas off them. You can ask about certain things that you have interest in and hobbies and people in alignment, right? Because usually they are in line. Like usually they have other people that they know that can help you right. or and another side effect, if you build that relationship with them, they're much more likely to give you honest kind of market research feedback. Whereas a client you barely know isn't going to tell you something that maybe is a little uncomfortable or they don't want to insult you, but they're like, you know, people probably don't like it when you do this or say that or how this part of the product works or what you do there. But I guess the more of a relationship you can build, the more likely. And then when you ask them also like, hey, can you answer some questions for me. I, I really want to know why this is this way in my business or how you see this. You're, you're going to get more honest feedback from them. So I guess their value increases as well, the more you know them. So maybe if you have a lot of medium value clients and, and high value clients, don't just build a relationship with a high value because of the high value, but really get to know a couple medium value, even if beyond their value, because it will increase their value and their ability to give you honest feedback then above and beyond what their monetary value initially was. Yeah, exactly. And another thing is like, know your niche inside out, right? Like if there is a specific audience or people that you profile that you want to go after, invest a lot of your time and effort, like going after those people that give you mm -hmm. the highest return. Right. So like you mentioned time, um, everything's scarce, right? You need to make an impact with and and spend time that's useful for both parties and the time you invest in a relationship or a process or sale or whatever, make sure that it's lucrative on both ends, not just one sided. Right. Oh yes. Don't build a relationship in a sense where you're eating up a ton of their time. And now they're like, great. John's calling again. He's going to want to talk for an hour. I got to stop working with this guy. He's using all my time up here. So respect their time, their privacy and their time and, and, Excellent. I think that goes back to one of your initial things of asking questions and letting them talk. Because if they're talking on the phone with you for an hour, then, well, that's their time. They can stop anytime. But if you're talking at them for an hour, now you're eating up their time. Yeah. That's what I'm always working on. I run a podcast. My job is to talk. Um, so I got to stop and let you talk. John, last words here. Anything else you'd like to talk about? Anything else you'd like to get out there? Um, we'll talk about your company a little bit more and tell people where to find you, but about relationship building and um, any last things we haven't covered yet. Yeah, I think the big thing is um, having clarity on what your purpose is in every interaction and going into certain conversations and acquaintances or business interaction or family interaction. 
have clarity on what you want out of it and understand their perspective. Don't judge, let them, you know, give their opinion and perspective. Right. And, you know, you can guide things, but never jump on them with your criticism. Like other people live certain ways. Everyone does certain things business wise, not business wise. You can suggest, you can give feedback input, but never, you know, bastardize them or whatever. Like I would always say, because that's going to reflect on you when you start judging people. Right. So, so listen. regardless <laughs> about how you feel about the last election, maybe don't yes. uh, put that don't on. Bring your- it up. It's okay. <laughs> like yeah. that's how other people have opinions and whatever it is, mm-hmm. you just hold your own. You have your own opinions, let other people voice it and listen and don't bring it up if it's a very touching matter, right? And topic. So bring things up that you guys have in common that you can relate to. And when you start doing that more, there's a really deep connection people will have that is likable. And when they like you, they will spend more time wanting to talk to you and do business with you. Right. So I guess I'd say, wow, that made me think of a whole new, you build a relationship with them and now you have this relationship and you know, you've had them and some other clients out to a sporting event. And now suddenly some of these people have their personal causes that they want to invite you to. And Hey, I've got this, you know, I want you to come to my church or to my wellness retreat or to my political rally, or suddenly they're proselytizing you on whatever their personal things are. It seems maybe you've either then made the relationship too personal or you have to figure out a, a diplomatic way to deflect those kind of things if you're not actually interested and maybe some oh, of the yeah, things you're interested in obviously I, I just named off some random things that people usually get nervous about <laughs> um you know that one of your clients turns out as a jehovah's witness and they show up at your door hey, nothing wrong with that but they want you to join and maybe you're uh, in a different denomination already yeah, um, and, and that's where that connection right. Right? it's about like being vulnerable and let them in on what you are also interested if it doesn't align with any of your interests just be upfront and say unfortunately you know this doesn't fit my schedule or i don't you know i don't think i have a bandwidth for this or whatever it may be so this opened up a can of worms you should have uh, your excuse rolodex ready in case they <laughs> They overextend, like you open the personal door and now they want to come in and get more personal. But Um, you have to bridge the gap. You have to know where, you know, to stop, right? And let them know about why you're doing this and what your interests are. Because if you're not even interested in doing that, like don't be obligated to do it. Right. Don't invite the random big client just because they're big to your child's uh, birthday party or baptism or whatever it is because they might get the wrong message so don't don't keep pushing personal there is a point like know where the line is and say this is as far as i'm going with this person i'm not inviting them in past that because then it's going to get weird and i'm going to lose them because we got too personal exactly yeah ah, i hadn't all the way very end of the episode and uh, that just dawned on me like oh there is a stopping point with how personal you can get with a client unless you're ready to marry them Make sure you know where that uh, that line of professional and personal is going to be drawn at some point. So many companies that do events where they get just wasted drunk with their clients, and you know having a couple of drinks with the client can be good. Trade shows those happen, but you know that's a big thing is having some drinks with the client. 
but I imagine some client relationships have been ruined because people didn't know the drink thing is a good literally an analogy when to stop drinking with the client. Like they drank too much with them and then it ruined the whole relationship. You can do that with many non-drinking things probably as well um, and, and blow things up. So know where to draw the line there. And uh, maybe a good thing to finish on. So we, we figured out where to start, how to get personal with these people, how to build a relationship and also how to set boundaries in that, in that relationship. So you don't end up marrying every one of your clients. So uh, check out the uh, If You Market website. You can, you can find more about John Vong there and some links to him on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, your company website, localseosearch.ca. Uh, did I get that one right? Yes. Excellent. And um, again, that's on ifyoumarket.com. We'll have that in the show notes for this episode. Anywhere else where you want people to be able to, uh, to find you, John? Yeah, just the website. We have a podcast, uh, Local SEO Today, where me and my VP was, um, he was at Yellow Pages for 30 plus years. So that's where we met and we, we still talk about small business owners every day. So it's, it's a awesome. lot of insight on that. Yellow Page Defectors. Ooh. <laughs> What's the uh, name of the podcast? Local SEO Today. Local SEO today. Awesome. So go check that out. Even if you aren't going to listen a whole bunch, subscribe just to help them out. Subscribe to the If You Market podcast. Get your friends' phones and subscribe. Subscribe to local SEO today as well. And uh, you know, follow us on social media. Give us likes, give us good reviews, all that kind of stuff. And uh, on behalf of the If You Market team and John Vong of Local SEO Search, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with relationships. They will come. Should you find yourself in need of targeted lists for your sales and marketing campaigns, have a look at topdatasearch.com. Our platform lets you quickly and easily search and download lists with email, phone, mailing address, everything you need for your sales and marketing campaigns. So if like many of our clients, you're sick of the high cost, poor data quality, and poor service of your current list provider, go to topdatasearch.com and get a free account, no seat fees, no subscription necessary. You only pay for data when you need it. Use the promo code IFYOUMARKET1000 and get an extra 1,000 free download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.